You're listening to episode 87, brought to you by the book Mercy Like Morning, Discovering Truth in Seasons of Waiting by Jane Johnson and the 2019 Power Sheets. You can find Mercy Like Morning at your favorite book retailer, and the 2019 Power Sheets go on sale today. You can find them at boldturquoise.com slash powersheets. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, today I have a real treat for you. A new podcast episode straight from the lady who's traveling around the South with her brand new tiny barn, the one and only Michael Lynn Smith. You guys, today we're talking about her brand new book, Cozy Minimalist Home. And I have to say, when I did the episode, it stood as my favorite book of 2018 so far, and it still stands today that this is my favorite book of 2018 so far. You guys, it's so much more than just decorating. It's got so much great practical family living wisdom, and it's hilarious, which is my favorite combination for a book. Michaelin is so much fun. She was so sweet to interview, and I did this interview at 6 a.m., I was so tired. I was literally in my bed, in my pajamas, had maybe woken up five minutes before, and she made it so easy because she's just so fun to talk to. I think you guys are going to love this episode, but before we dive in, I of course have to tell you about what's going on in Patreon, you guys. Things got a little crazy there for a while because I was so sick and my voice was gone and all that jazz, but we are back and better than ever doing our What Ingrid and Fiona-like episodes. We've got a brand new post that goes out every Monday morning, and it's also emailed to all the Patreon peeps, and it is a a Monday morning gathering where I tell you guys everything that's coming up for the week, fun things that I've found to encourage you, a little few snippets into my life. I hope it's really going to bless our Patreon community and help bring us even closer together because I really do want it to be a community. I'm trying to bring in more live episodes on hopefully Thursday mornings is when I'm planning on doing that within the Patreon community over on Facebook. And I'm starting a new post that's going to come out every Wednesday along with the podcast episode, so Patreon subscribers can go and find it over there today. And it's my thoughts on the interview. It's kind of what I was thinking going into the interview, what I really liked about it, what I learned. It's just my kind of behind-the-scenes perspective on what putting together this episode was like. So if you're on Patreon you can run over there and find it. And we've got so much going on from the same page within the Patreon community as well. We've got Yellow Brick Road episodes that are a private podcast talking all about the books we're reading and different things like that, and lots of other fun things, downloads, printables, posts. I think you guys are really going to like what we've got coming in the coming months. So if you haven't joined Patreon, then make sure you head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely and take a look at all the fun things that we have to offer over there. And before we get rolling with this interview, I do want to give a little shout out to Polar Bunny 
on iTunes for leaving a rating and review this past summer. This is what she had to say about the podcast. It says, I get excited when new episodes are released. This podcast is like listening to friends chat. It refreshes my heart. Well, thank you, Polar Bunny. That's exactly what we're going for here. I want you guys to feel like you get to be a fly on the wall while I am sitting chatting over coffee with someone you might not otherwise get to chat with. I hope these episodes feel like you are just a friend at the table and you get to be kind of a part of the conversation, especially if you're in our Facebook community, which you can find on Facebook just by searching Cultivating the Lovely. We would love to have you over there because we love chatting with you guys. We love to have your input. We love to see how these episodes are impacting you, what questions that you have. It's so much fun for us to see that interaction and community really forming around cultivating loveliness in our lives, even when things don't go exactly as we plan. So thank you so much to all of my loyal listeners. I appreciate you guys. And if you haven't popped over and left your rating and review in iTunes, which I know a lot of you haven't because there's only 350 reviews and ratings over there. So there's plenty of you who could just hop in there, leave a little rating and review and do me a huge solid by doing that. So thank you so much for those of you who do. And with that, let's get on with this episode with the one and only Michael and Smith. Welcome, Michael Lynn. Hey, Mackenzie. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am so excited to have you because I, I'm i not going to beat around the bush. I think I've read a little over 20 books in 2018, which I know is not like groundbreaking or anything, yeah. but well, no. some. yeah, I've, I'm feeling okay about it. I hit my goal for the year already, so you know, yeah. that's good, but Cozy Minimalist Home has been my favorite so far. And I, I really like had to, I looked through my list of books, like, can I honestly say this? And honest to goodness, I loved your book that much to say it is my favorite book so far of 2018. Oh my gosh. That means so much to me. I'm so thrilled. And I'm going to get into why in just a second, but for anybody who doesn't know who you are, would you mind introducing yourself and where they can find you? Oh, yeah, you can find me at the nester.com. And I use it. So my name is Mike Willen, but it's really hard to look at and pronounce. It has a Q in it. Everyone's yeah. like, how do I say your name? And when I first started getting on the internet 10 years ago, I assumed it was full of like unibombers and killers. So I thought, <laughs> I never put my real name out there. I need to use a pretend name. So it's the nester.com. And I went by the nester for a few years and then I was over it. I'm like, the internet is awesome. No one's going to come kill me. Yeah. I can use my real name now. Yes. <laughs> But still, like, on Instagram and everywhere, it's at the Nestor. Um, but that's where I hang out the most. It's on Instagram. Yeah. Well, and I find, because my name isn't Michaelin, but even just being Mackenzie, the spellings are, like, insane. And I always felt like no one's going to be able to find me because they can't spell my name if I right. use that as just my URL. So I'm just starting to use it more in places, but I totally get that. Whenever I go to Mod Pizza, I don't know if you have that, but they write your name on the piece of paper and the the poor, they're like college kids and they look at me like, nah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's right. Like, you have Emily everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I always take pictures because it's always some insane spelling. So, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, back to why your book has been my favorite so far. I have four reasons. Like, I actually thought, like, what. What really was it? First of all, it's funny, which I deeply appreciate. I love a good 
readable book. Like I flew through this puppy in three days because it was just so readable, which I love. <laughs> I love that's such a compliment. Yeah. I mean, for someone to say it's funny, because I hope it is, but yes. I never know if it comes across. Yes. So that is huge. Yay for laughs. Yeah, I totally get that because that's your style, I think, is very similar to my style. And like, that's that's what I would want to come across. But yeah, yeah it was fabulous. It's wise. It's so quotable for not only decorating, but life in general, like the things that you say about wanting to make a space for your teens that they feel welcome in and, you know, like thinking about that and making life practical with your home. And I just, I have highlighter all over this book with notes in the margins and like, yep, that's for life, not just decorating. That was just a great bit of wisdom. So way to go on that that's every writer's dream is that people highlight and underline and pull down the pages and write in the book yeah it was just it was just so packed full I I felt like even if you're not redecorating a home you could get so much out of it I I loved that part of it it's practical you break down decorating in a way that I didn't think was possible because I think we think so it's like lofty and artistic and you know I don't know it just you made it so accessible and step by step look this is what you do <laughs> that it yes. was like I oh was <laughs> yeah it is I think we think if we're not born with like a decorated gene then we can't do that but no like all making a pretty house is is making decisions in the right order and choosing things that you like and you know how to make decisions and you know what you like and I can tell you the right order well the order but also just like some good baseline rules like this is how you should hang your curtains this is the scale that you should be using you know in relation to your furniture how big your art should be and stuff like that that has just been so Because, okay, so people know we've been through a ton of transition. We lived with my parents for 10 months, which really in that amount of time, I didn't, we were on the living room floor. I wasn't decorating anything. (laughs) There was like, we are, we are in my parents' space fully. (laughs) But now for the last, it's only been a few weeks at this point. By the time this book or this podcast comes out, it's going to be a couple of months. But we are living in my grand or my grandmother's house. And so... I'm in this, like, long basement, you know, like, just one of those long basement rooms with the, (laughs) you know, the varnished wood paneling on the walls and, you know, all those fabulous 1950s. What was that? I said so much potential. So much. That's exactly a great way to look at it. And so, I mean, step by step, I haven't been able to do it exactly how you say because, you know, everything was just thrown in my parents or my grandparents' basement. And it's like, here you go. But I have really been able to do so many small things like, okay, I can just, I can't quiet my whole space yet, 
but I can quiet this third of the room like you talk about in the book and I can figure out okay I have this really big piece of artwork that I can put over this little console table and oh my goodness it's two-thirds and it works and it's beautiful (laughs) and so there have been little things like that where I can actually kind of take advantage of the space and I had read your book right before we moved in here and it was just so perfect because it really has made me want to take advantage of the space and not just be like, uh, we're here for six to seven months. I'm just going to get through it, but actually try to make it pleasant and pretty. I love that. I think so many, uh, I know I've had that attitude, um, at different times in my life, whether we've been renting or feeling like a place is temporary. I have never regretted making a place pretty. And it yeah. sounds like you haven't either. (laughs) No. Well, and you talk about that in the book and kind of having like that transitional time or, you know, finding those spaces. I'm trying to find where I have in my notes. (laughs) You actually say in the book about that. And I, that was really inspirational for me because it kind of forced me to like, no, it is worthwhile, even if it's just for six months to hang some things on the walls and, and make it a nice space to be in. So I really appreciated that, that it wasn't just I needed to be in my own home and, you know, turn the whole place upside down and paint every wall. And it it wasn't that, which was nice as someone who can't do that. So <laughs> I appreciate right. that. OK. And so lastly, though, my my favorite thing probably about the book was the whole idea of what a cozy minimalist is which I want you to talk about what, how you actually define that. And then I will tell you how I was not that. And I realized I am that. <laughs> well, Mackenzie, I'm right there with you. Cause I, that's how I figured out what it was because I was the opposite of that. And yeah. it was driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it just super simple. A cozy minimalist is a person who wants the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. So I know when we see the word minimalist, like there's a part of me that's like, I'm so intrigued. But then there's another part of me that has some shame or some guilt, like, oh, I have too much crap. But I also, when I see the word cozy, I'm like, oh, I want that. But I know that I have a tendency to go overboard with beautiful things, like wonderful. But there is still a line. If you have all the beautiful things in the world in a room, it's too much. So like at some point we have to know when to have, you know, when we have enough and that's what a cozy minimalist is. They're able to say we want enough cozy, beautiful things in our home to serve the people, but we need enough simplicity so that we stay sane. Yes, exactly. This week, one of our sponsors is the book Mercy Like Morning, Discovering Truth in Seasons of Waiting by Jane Johnson. Now, I'm super excited because pretty soon I'm going to get to have Jane on the show to be talking about this brand new book, but Harvest House wanted you guys to hear about it even sooner. Just think, you could have the whole book read before I even have her on the show. So if you want to know what this book is about, basically like so many others, Jane Johnson knew she was supposed to be spending time with God through daily prayer and studying his word but she didn't always know how to make that happen or how to be truly refreshed and changed by the experience. 
And then life got hard, and Jane learned to dig deep into scripture. As she spent a decade walking through the heartache of delayed fertility, and as she walked beside her friend and mentor as she battled cancer, as well as all the other worries and concerns of daily life, she learned to turn to God's word to sustain her through it all. Born out of a season of waiting in Jane's own life, in this comprehensive guide, she provides step-by-step instructions for readers to learn how to study scripture intentionally instead of picking a verse at random, turn a trickle of insight into a rushing stream of understanding, and dig wells of knowledge to store up and draw from in all seasons. Anyone wanting to drink in living water will discover how exploring God's word in fresh, full-to-the-brim ways can fill their lives to overflowing because His mercies are new every single morning. You can find Mercy Like Morning at your favorite book retailer. We also have a link in our show notes. If you go to boldturquoise.com forward slash 087, you can find the link to buy it on Amazon. And I kept thinking back to the house that I had before all of you know the crazy happened and I always felt like it was never done it was never I I I just I felt anxious about my space I was never I never felt restful in my space I felt like I constantly was needing to tweak things and I also felt like it was never like sometimes it got to be like what's the point of tidying up because even when I tidy up there's still so much stuff It's just, and it's pretty stuff, like you were saying. It was stuff that I liked, but there was just so much of it. And I'd have these gallery walls with a bazillion things on them and just be thinking, why doesn't that, I thought that that would be the thing that made this space feel done, but (laughs) it just feels like chaotic. And and so as I was reading your book, it all just kind of clicked for me. Like, oh, so much of my problem was things not being the right scale or just being too many things like I think I just needed it to be more simplified and things be the right size (laughs) and then I would have felt like oh this this works I don't have to keep messing with it and my brain can rest right you know you hit on something that was it took me forever to figure out which was buying things that were too small and collecting things that are too small. Like I would make an accident, like Mackenzie, my gallery walls weren't even on purpose. They happened to buy accident. Like I would hang something. I'm like, wait a second, that's too small. So getting the right size thing to hang over the sofa, I would go like shop my house, which is so smart, like all in the name of being thrifty and responsible. But then I would pile more and more of things on the gallery wall and there was like this low grade feeling of chaos, mm-hmm. but I felt really proud because I didn't spend any money, which is yeah. fine. Or I would spend like $10 on every item times 25 items. Like, oh, I could have yeah. just bought one thing for $200 and actually saved $50. Yes. I was in this, like buying one large thing is scary and like buying small things, it feels like less risk. Yeah. But we fill our home up with small things, it starts to feel really cluttered. And you're right. Like we just as humans, we need a little white space. We need a little margin and editing is like the secret trick in decorating that no one ever talks about. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I think like low grade I always knew that because there was like (laughs) this anxiousness kind of always running below the surface of what I can't even rest here but until I read it in your book it didn't make sense like oh that's what it is I just need to like 
go bigger and calm the whole place down and then I will feel restful. And it just, it, it made KonMari more appealing <laughs> to me. It yeah. was like, it wasn't so absolute and final. And if it's not working, you know, like it needs a, a purpose. Like, no, you can still have pretty. It just like, don't, don't have lots of little pretty. <laughs> Big pretty. <laughs> so I really love that. But, and I think the book, it's about definitely like your spaces and everything, but you you take it beyond that to really talking about how can your home serve you well right where you are now. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, I would love to. I It's so easy to get stuck in like how we've always used our home. Like, oh, that's always been a dining room or the builder said that's a dining room yeah. or like kind of in the future. Like, well, you know, in a few years, that needs to be a playroom. So we'll just not do anything with it now. But I really want us to focus on how we need the homes and spaces um, in our homes, the spaces in our homes to serve us right now where whatever stage our family's in. So that might mean moving chairs around, moving furniture around, using rooms in a way that we might normally never use them or mm-hmm. our mother-in-law might question or wonder about. <laughs> but that's what home is. Like it's not, we don't serve our home our home serves us and that's what it's for. So let it. Yeah. I love that. Especially, I mean, just like what you were saying about your teens, like you, you want a place where they will come and hang out. And so you've used your home in a way and decorated your home in a way that they can do that. And that's so smart. (laughs) Well, thank you. It took me a while to figure it out. I think a lot of us, like we do that when they're little and some of us go overboard when they're little, like, yeah. oh, the slide and the kitchen and the toys, <laughs> which is fine, but almost we could flip it. And maybe, you know, as the mother who wants to see pretty things in the public rooms, like I will pick the kitchen that my boys yeah. will have, which they had a kitchen, but it was me approved. And it was a cute kitchen that I didn't mind seeing in my kitchen. But as they got older, you know, they're, they want to go retreat to their rooms to do their homework and to naturally do things up there away from the family. So why don't we flip that when they're little, let them have their playroom away from us. But when they're older, make sure we are creating spaces that invite them in, which isn't always pretty or fun. You know, for me, it meant like having this weird settee in front of the fireplace for a few yeah. years. Our room was small, but I wanted everyone to have a place to watch a dumb movie together or having extra charging cords. I think we have like 10 charging cords in our downstairs because smart. It makes it convenient though. And so it's a way to say you belong here. We want you here. Like you don't have to go up to your room. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to go up to your room to charge your phone. Everyone gets to charge their phone down here. Everyone gets to do their homework in the public spaces. Like that's what this is home is for. It's for you to do your thing, you know, together. Yeah. I love that. I've been, I mean, we, we still have a long way to go on this basement. I mean, I'm sitting down here right now and there's a corner full of boxes. And then the opposite corner is my brother's boxes from when he moved out of his house like five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I have, you know, grand plans for, but even just yesterday evening, I have set up a table so that my 12 year old can do his Legos down here. And it wouldn't have been my top choice for this space. But last night, he was sitting at that table doing his Legos. And then I had bought this little table for my little girls, who are three and six, 
to sit at and they were playing with you know Legos that are girly and coloring and that kind of stuff and it felt like oh we're all together hanging out in this space but everyone has like their own little place to do the things that they want to do it's not like we're just doing stuff all together but we're together right and that was beautiful yeah it's the uh and we think like I know sometimes I feel like oh talking about putting a table or a sofa in your house like it's meaningless it's stupid sometimes I struggle with that but then I hear that and I experience that myself like you created that moment just by putting a table in the right place yeah and that's powerful like it is and that's what we have to realize that our homes really can be a catalyst for our life. I, we actually, well, by by the time this comes out, the podcast will be well launched, but I'm launching a brand new podcast called The Same Page. And the idea is that you listen to this little show while you're like on the way to take your kids to school in the morning and it's got some memory work and um, Bible verses and Shakespeare and that kind of thing. And then you listen to a chapter from a classic children's novel. And so we love that part of it. Like that is that is the basis. That is the show that goes out. But then we have this membership community and our tagline is fostering the atmosphere and sharing the stories that lead us home. And it's that idea that it's not just the stories. It's what we do around them, like how we facilitate the stories, like having snacks for our kids and having a place that feels warm and cozy and having, you know, in the fall blankets and, you know, candles or, you know, not in the car, you're not going to have candles, but if people are doing it at home, but I put twinkle lights in my car and, you know, things like that. I know. And I, well, we really wanted to think about this whole atmosphere portion of it, that it matters and our kids will remember it. And serve it. And so I I totally think that a book like this that's just talking our, about our atmosphere and environment is so important because it really does facilitate relationship. Preach. I love that. And it's so true. Like we when I think back to my childhood home, I remember the feeling more yes. than like details, but it's that feeling that you're creating and all of that comes into play, all the little things that you use to create that. Yes. Absolutely. And that brings me to a couple of specific things that I loved about the book. Like when you talk about designating items to spaces and you say like designate empty surfaces. I think so many of us don't think about that. (laughs) Like we see surfaces and we just think they need to be filled. We need something there. And that's so smart. How did you realize that? Well, I realized that one day, I can remember the day when I realized that we were living in a rental house and we had um, this big oval dining room table that my boys loved to play with their little NASCAR, like their whatever matchbox cars that were NASCARs on. So every Sunday when a NASCAR race was on, they would get all their uh, cars lined up on the table, like sit on the table, which I'm totally up for that. Like to me, that's what furniture is for. I don't want them to tear it up, but I want to use it. But in order to do that, they had to move like eight decorative items (laughs) off of the table and then they put them on the floor, put them on the kitchen counter. You know, it was just in our way. And I noticed more and more often, like I was moving pretty things around so I could live my life in my house. Mm. And that just felt like a red flag. Like I felt like I was getting in my own way and I felt like beautiful things weren't serving me, but they were like 
again, in our way so that we could live our life. And so it made me, I just tried like removing the things from the dining room table and not having something beautiful that lived there. Not so it would always be empty, but so that we could always use it at a moment's notice. And Mm -hmm. I loved that. So then I, I do that on every table now that we like our dining room table never has anything that lives on it permanently. I don't have, you know, two candlesticks and fake flowers and this and that. No, it's always empty because it's ready to be filled with whatever is currently going on. Same with our kitchen island. So that's just designated empty space. It doesn't mean if you walk in my house, there won't be stuff on it. It means in its natural state, once it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's cleared off and nothing is on it. And there is something so Mm -hmm. calm. Even if my floors are filthy and the laundry needs to be done, when that kitchen island is cleared off, I feel like Super Bowl. Yeah, it feels like a huge victory when you just walk in and it feels like, oh, look what I did last night. That was an accomplishment to clear this. I love that. And you have just, I mean, your kitchen island is beautiful. (laughs) Everyone's dream. But I love, there's so many wonderful pictures in the book. I love that they're not just there for the sake of being pretty, which they are, but for the sake of showing things by example. The, it's, yeah, it's so much fun. And of course, I have the art copy, and so it's all in black and white. And then they sent me like the little aside. I was like, this is not going to work. I've got to get this actual book because it's so beautiful. I, I'm, I'm going to be sad to not have my notes in the final version that comes out. But Oh, I know. But That's I just love part. it so much. Yeah. Well, and I'm so grateful for a publisher that shows like we've got a picture in the book of the island after a day of hosting. And it yes. is of living in it. There's cereal boxes, there's wine bottles, there's like everything. I think a cat is on it. I mean, it's filled, but then there's also a picture of it cleared off. And like, that's the beauty of it. Like that's what life is. Sometimes it's full and sometimes it's really cleared off and silent. Yes. Yes. I love that they showed kind of all the different states of it too. I thought that was very cool. And it was so fun after I read the whole book and had looked at all the pictures to then go to the little aside that they had sent me and be like, oh, there is color in her home. (laughs) And they're all like, she just decorates in whites and grays. (laughs) Those those pre-books. Thanks for seeing all of that. Yes. It was very fun. Um, Okay, but vignettes also. Again, this is one of the things that I love how you break it down because I think a lot of us, you know, see HGTV and decorating magazines and everything and we're like, oh, that's pretty, but how do you do that? And you broke it down into all of its pieces. Again, like, how did you figure that out? Um, Okay, I have... Sometimes I feel like a man that I am like a scientist. <laughs> a decorating <laughs> I love, scientist. I, can, I wanted to figure it out because I'm. we've all like done a vignette or, you know, put stuff on our mantle and step back and look at it and been like, okay, something's not right, but I yeah. don't know what it is and I don't know how to fix it. And that bugged me to no end. So I was like, I have to figure out why this doesn't look right. Why do some things look right and some things look wrong? Yeah. So. I feel and not there are a million ways that I am not like this is exactly how you decorate a mantle, but I definitely gave steps of like 
to get like the bare bones of why things work together and why some things don't look right together. There's like a step-by-step process that has to do with, you know, the shape, the scale, the Mm -hmm. mass, the texture, and the relationship of those things together. It can really, really, really be simplified. And then from then, if you want, you know, if you need more pieces or bigger pieces or whatever it is, you can add that in and, you know, you can pick things and colors that you like, but if we can kind of see why, some items why does this clock look weird when i put it next to this mirror well probably because they're both shiny and reflective Mm. and need something that's a different shape or you need something that's texture to kind of grab the eye so we walk through those steps and it really helps clarify like oh well that's what's wrong like i just need to change this one thing on my mantle and it also helps you when you go shopping instead of like okay i'm at target and i need to find something to make my mantle. But if you're like, oh, I know what I need. I need a round vase that's like over a foot tall. Well, that's a lot easier to shop for. That's more fun. Ladies, today is the day. The 2019 Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets have launched. I am so excited about this, you guys, because I bought Power Sheets for the first time last year, and I have loved them all year long. One of my favorite parts is the whole getting ready for the year portion that you actually do in 2018. So you don't even have to wait until January 1st to make these Power Sheets work for you. You can start using them immediately and working through the process of figuring out what your goals are even going to be in the new year. And it's not just an, oh, we're going to do resolutions on January 1st and, you know, fail in a week. That is not what Power Sheets do for you. Power Sheets really help you to dig deep, figure out what your values are, and figure out month by month and season by season what's working for you, what's not, what you need to tweak a little bit. I have loved this process all throughout the year. In fact, I've loved it so much that a group of friends and I are going to get together every single month in 2019 to hold each other accountable to using our Power Sheets and making sure that we're following through on the things that we line out for ourselves to do. I think you guys are going to love Power Sheets so much. That's why I have an affiliate code that I would love for you to go check them out at. So if you go to bullturquoise.com slash powersheets, it will take you straight to the Power Sheets site. You can see all the fun new things that they have to offer. This year they've got sticker books and pouches to put your pens in and all kinds of fun things, you guys. It's so good. And Cultivate What Matters and Laura Casey... They do an amazing job of delivering really high quality products. I promise you will not be disappointed. So again, go to boldturquoise.com slash power sheets to get yours today. And remember, they sell out every year. So you're going to want to snag yours early. As I've been going through this process for, you know, the last year, over time, I've picked up little things like I know I'm going to need to fill a home. I want it to feel homey I want when we get there that my kids feel like it's not just this big empty space but that we actually it's home and so I've picked things up over the year and most of the time I've done a pretty good job but there are some pieces I look at and I'm like this was a target dollar spot like oh that's a cute little thing I should buy that and now since reading your book I don't buy those things because I'm like <laughs> that I I don't want little things like they they don't even have any place for me so I can free myself from not buying that because I don't need that I don't want that nope not right. gonna do it yep. yes and it's not that there's anything wrong with those little things but we yeah. see the power of like piling that money together and getting one large more impactful thing and then the freedom that that brings of like 
And the rest of the space can be kind of empty because I have this one, you know, signature piece or this one beautiful lamp that I love instead of getting the hand-me-down broken lamp that I hot glued three years ago. So the story of my life. Yeah. All in the name of continuing to use something, but I don't like it. So it's, it does, it really helps you narrow down like how to shop and how to make decisions in ways that it's not like, you know, you don't have to have a designer walking with you, holding your hand through all these things. You're perfectly capable of doing it when you know what to look for. Yes. Well, and I love too, you point out in the book that if you have a lot of things, then nothing gets attention. And it's, if you have one like statement piece, though, people will actually notice it because it's the only one. And I thought that was just so smart that, oh, that's why my gallery wall never like really worked for me because nothing really had any weight or significance anymore because there were a thousand things to look at. Right. The more things that we have on display, the less value each one really feels like, you know, it carries. Yes. Yeah, that was so smart. Your whole book. I'm just so excited (laughs) about it. I do that now. I take that like with my photos. Like I used to have lots of photos and like, oh, let me get this four by six photo put in a frame. Yeah. Which is fun. Like I love my kids. I want my photos. But now I'm like, I'm going to pick my very favorite photo and have that thing blown up. Yes. So I have a huge canvas of my boys. And it's like the one photo of them when they're little that's out in my house. I have all the other photos. They're in photo albums. It's great. We can look at them anytime we want. But as far as hanging on my wall, I feel like that gets a lot more tension, has more presence. And like, I really actually enjoy seeing that photo every single day because it is there front and center. Yep. Yeah, I got super lucky that Canvas People sponsored my podcast very early on in the whole process. And a friend of mine snapped a photo of me and my four kids. It was like negative 80. Like it was so cold (laughs) outside. And I made all my kids take their coats off because we had on like everybody's in gray shirts. Everything. It was like, just bear through it for five minutes. You're not going to get frostbitten. And so they look cold in the photo, but I still love the photo because it's like, it's just the five of us. And then canvas people blew it up into this huge canvas for me that I got for oh. free. And it was just like the Lord said, like, here you go. Like, here's a big piece for your next home. And yes. I'm so excited that I didn't, because I think I'd always thought too, like, Oh, well, I love the look of canvases, but I can never afford a big one. So I'll just get a a bunch of little ones over time instead of like, well, how about just save up and get a bigger one (laughs) over time instead of all the little ones? Yeah. And I think we envision that it's going to be like so expensive or so much trouble or so scary. I'm always surprised like, oh, that gave me confidence. And oh, that wasn't as expensive as I thought. And oh. That looks 10 times better than I expected. Yes. And I don't need these other three things that I thought I might need. So the, it pays off in so many ways. Yeah, I love it. And then at the very, I think it's actually on the last page of your book, you have this great quote. You say, you'll know your home is in a good place when you go from thinking about how to make it look better to thinking about how to make it serve better. And yes. I love that idea that it can be done. Like you don't always yes. have to keep, doing it absolutely and it doesn't mean that your home won't like change because your family's gonna change as your kids get older as you you may move from home to home so it doesn't mean that but it means like I know some of us are just kind of preoccupied 
with our yeah. home yeah. and the state of it. And like getting it to a point where we don't have to think about it every day sounds yeah. really helpful. And it's all in the name of like, we want to have a pretty home so we can use it and invite people over and use it to host people and have them stay with us, whatever. We want to use it. We don't, most of us don't want a pretty house so we can be in a magazine or show off. Yeah. We want it so that we can forget about it and use our home the way we've always dreamed, which is my goal for you. Like is for you to not have to think about your house anymore. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. And I think that when people follow the, the guidance, I won't say rules, but the guidance in your book they they can get that freedom. So I think you did a fabulous job of of walking people through it step by step and then giving that them that permission to be like, it's okay to find a stopping place. Yes, it is. And I think that's a big part of our job too that we don't talk about is like we get to call and say that's enough. And so yes. recognizing when we have enough in different areas in our life is such a grown up thing yes. decision to make. And I love that. Like I want more decorators or whatever, whatever people in my life that I'm looking up to, like, I want to have that enough conversation. And I know I've had to say enough, like, enough of the target cute mm -hmm. dollar spot as cute as these are. And I could find so many cute things to do with it. Like I don't need that. Yes. Yes. Oh, aren't we so mature? <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> Okay, so, but you are the nester, like, that's whole, you've written two decorating books, this is what you're about, but you've, you've dialed in your home fairly well, what's next? Oh, dang it, I didn't know you were going to ask that. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what's next is exactly where I leave you in this book, is now I can use my home the way I've always dreamed, and we, we bought a fixer-upper five years ago, so my first book was all about embracing imperfections, mm -hmm. and I wrote the whole thing while we lived in a rental, and yeah. then we moved here to a fixer-upper, we've been fixing it up for five years, and now we still have things to do, but like it's in a really good place. Like I want to model hosting. We host, like I have a fall festival every October called Nest Fest. We have a thousand people come. I have vendors wow. and food trucks. I want to have seasonal parties at my house. Like I want to literally have the internet over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. be right there. Okay. Well, I'm glad I want you to. That's amazing. So is that going to be the next book? All the hosting? Well, I'm not sure. I do have another book I am writing with them, and I'm not exactly sure what direction it's going to be. But um, that that is a lot of where my heart is. And uh, I already teach some online courses, like their seasonal yeah. classes, and it's seasons and celebrations. So we talk about how to bring the season in our home without buying everything in the fall aisle on at Hobby Lobby, yes. because I want to buy everything in the fall. It's all beautiful. Yes. I love it all. Yeah, but I don't have to pack it away. Yes, it's <laughs> so, so true. bringing that in in a cozy, minimalist way that you know feels like fall. That our kids aren't like crying because there's no Christmas tree. No, it's not about that at all. But it's about like us enjoying the season and our family every season. So spring, you know, summer, fall, and winter, we go through all of those. So, and then we talk about the celebrating, um, the celebrations that happen within those, because I do feel like once we have our home ready, we're in a lot better place to welcome people in because yeah. we're not preoccupied with yeah. our house. It's a lot easier to host and um, have people over when we feel like our home is kind of a partner with us to help serve. Absolutely. Well, that's super fun. And I'm so excited to hear that you do have another book coming out because 
I just, I love the way that you write. And you had said after your first book, you didn't know if you'd ever write another one. Oh, it's so hard to write yeah. books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it makes me downright giddy that there will be another one on the way. That's very <laughs> fun to hear. Um, Yay. Okay. So how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Well, I think one way is I just recently um, got new sheets for my bed. Ooh. And mix them up so I have like one pattern as the um what is it like the first part you put down what is that called oh <laughs> on your bed the hard the thing that's hard to fold the, the fitted, fitted sheet, sheet. Fitted sheet. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I have one pattern on that I have one pattern for the um like the top what is the top sheet called I don't know the, the top names sheet. of these I think the technical the name the top sheet is good yeah. yeah so I use a different pattern on that and I always lay it like you you want to fold it so the two patterns touch so that when you fold the top sheet over that you see the pattern on the yeah. top um and then all my pillows are different patterns so i just buy i buy my all my sheets at target and then i have a different um pat so they're all like really small scale kind of neutral patterns but they delight me every day and it's just a way to bring like a little bit of beauty into my morning was yeah. just kind of mixing up my sheet. I mean, I had all the, most of the sheets anyway. It was just like giving myself permission to use the different pillowcases with the different top sheet with a different fitted sheet. That's fun. I would have never thought to do that. See, that's it's, what it's we fun. come to you for. <laughs> Happy to provide that yes. little tip. Thank you. I will take it. I know. I think that's why, you know, you, you, are, you go before us. So you wrote your first book. You had lovely gallery walls. We all tried to make our gallery walls. Now you're like, ditch the gallery wall. I'm like, okay, I'm ditching the gallery wall. Now I need to go get sheets that mismatch. I haven't bought sheets for a bed yet. So I'm glad oh, to have so these beautiful. tips first. <laughs> you all, you follow me. And then I'm like, whoops, did that yeah. wrong. Let's turn around. Everyone, yeah. get rid of all the stuff you bought for that gallery wall because yeah. we did that all wrong. <laughs> yes, but I love that you you do. You're like, nope, never mind. Let's let's go a different direction. Let's. Not many people will do that. They would just like stick to their guns no matter what. So, way to go for you. <laughs> well, and, we can only write what we know and live yeah, what we know. You know, absolutely. like that's our. Shouldn't our home and our style and our life be evolving and you know us making different decisions based on different things that we learn and know? I mean, I hope that never stops. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you even say that in the book as far as like figuring out where your furniture goes. Like, move it around. Like, experiment with it. Do what you need to do until it you get to that place where it feels right. And so yes. I, I love that even, you know, writing books and everything, you can be like, well, no, let's, let's go this direction. I think this might work better. <laughs> so that's awesome. The way that I am currently cultivating loveliness, like I said, we're really trying to, to settle in at my grandma's house and get some things in place. And we're recording this in the summer before we start school. But... It's the first time that we've really had like designated spaces for our things since we left. And so right. I've really been enjoying like actually getting our things really organized and mm -hmm. in places that are accessible, making my kids clothes more accessible. They were just in like these bins before, but I went and bought just like plastic little dressers from Walmart. You know, I mean, right. they're nothing fabulous, but... They bring me so much joy because they tuck into the closet and my kids can like actually have their clothes folded nicely where they can get to them easily. And it's just like doing all those little things to make it 
like, okay, we can live here, we can exist here, and we can do it well, even though it's not ideal, we can make it work for us. And I'm actually, I'm going to send you a picture <laughs> when I get <laughs> off of here. You're probably yes. like, I do not care. But no, I, I, care. I, well, I have that big picture that I kind of mentioned in the podcast yeah. that I bought. It's a big canvas and it's very simple. And it just says it is well with my soul. And it's that two thirds rule. It's nice and chunky and it fits on this wall and it's so simple and it's exactly the message I need in my life at this point. And so I love, it's right across from my bed and I wake up to it every morning and I just, I love it. And so it was totally worth it, even though we'll only live here for, you know, a little while to have that big canvas up on my wall. So I will send you how the wonderful scale that it is on my wall. I'm so glad. If, do you have show notes? You should put in your show notes. Yes, too, yes, <laughs> I will. Absolutely. Hopefully by the time this show goes live, there will be much more to show of this basement. And so, yeah, I'll try to put some pictures in there. That would be really fun. That would. Okay, Michaelin, are you ready for my stock questions? I am. All I right. hope I'm ready. Yes, you will be. It's not that hard. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do both. Good answer. So okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Paper. Okay. City or country? Country. Yeah, obviously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Times a million. Yeah. Paper or digital? Oh, paper. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Usually online. Real I would have pegged you for in the store. So well, I would like to never leave home if I don't uh, have to. <laughs> okay. All right. It's four o'clock or whenever you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Music. And what is some of your favorite music to listen to at that hour? Well, I, honestly, the reason I would listen to music is because I need to not have any more words because you're yeah. like me, like our job revolves around words a lot. Yeah. So I need a word break. So I would need to listen to something instrumental. And right now I'm into a lot of I think it's uh, Martin Phipps. He does a lot of the BBC scores for oh. the nerdy BBC shows that I watch. So like the Victoria um, yes. show, I downloaded all of that music. Do you watch that show? Oh, yes. Oh, Isn't yes. So good. I'm so good I and this is on a tangent but that first season I felt like they never like there's nothing scandalous they don't show anything you know but like their wedding night scene was the sexiest scene <laughs> I think I've ever seen on TV I mean it's on PBS yes how could they do that you're right that's yes. a really good point it's, it's amazing show yeah so but so I, I will to that. <laughs> yeah, I totally get the soundtrack thing too because yeah. I watch Poldark and I just started okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I just music too. Yes, <laughs> and it was so funny because I was messaging a friend who watches it too and it's been so long since I've seen it. Yes. And as soon as that music came on, I had to Marco Polo her. I was like, oh, it's back. Like I feel it in my bones. It's back. Yes. And it music just so yeah. powerful, which it is just, why we need to use it in our homes. Like you don't have to fill it up with stuff. You can just fill it with music and totally change the tone. Yeah. I felt like I needed to just go download like all my favorite shows lead in songs because right. it's so like, it just takes you to another place. Yep. Yeah. I get it. You've inspired me. Okay. <laughs> Chocolate. Do you prefer milk or dark? I like both. I know people are so have sides. What do you like? I'm dark all the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't understand you people. <laughs> I know. I'll take, I mean, it's chocolate. I'm like, yes, what, whatever yeah. it is, I'm happy to eat it. <laughs> there you go. I don't mind like in a candy bar, but other than that, okay. I prefer yeah. dark. Okay. Sports or no sports? No sports. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Watch. I never want to broadcast. I don't want to do this podcast. But, you know. but you're so good at it and so comfortable with it. I've, I've been very impressed. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Your favorite movie. What is it? Oh. Oh, my gosh. It's a hard one. It is. It used to be Life is Beautiful, you know, with the oh, yeah. um, uh, subtitles that mm-hmm. you have to read. I just love the message of that, of like how we get to shape how we feel and how we see things or how our kids see things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I have a new favorite since then. I mean, I definitely, I'm more of a TV girl. So, okay. I mean, like we said already, Victoria, yeah. Poldark, The Virgin Queen, all the BBC shows. I'm yeah. all about those more yeah. than movies. Call the Midwife. Are you into that I one? haven't gotten into that quite as much. Have okay. you? I have. I've, okay. I've watched it from the very first season. So I've been in it now for a while. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum and zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where are you on the crunchiness spectrum? Oh, I guess it depends on everyone's individual. I know. That's why this question is fun because everyone has a different like (laughs) gauge of what it actually means. Like two or three, barely. Okay. Okay. So we live in the country, so we do a lot of yeah. things that maybe, you know, we have a rooster and I don't know. So see, my definition is coming out and yes. I don't even know correct. <laughs> I love it. That is so much fun. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was a delight to get to talk to you. You are an amazing host. I feel oh. like we just had a fun time sitting down in your cute basement yes. chatting together. Yes. Well, I so appreciate it. This is one of those interviews that, because I get a lot of requests like, hey, I have this person who wrote this book. And I'm like, oh, what is this book about? But as soon as your name came through the subject line, I was like, book it, book it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're making my whole day. Stop it. And listen, don't forget to send me a picture of your- I will. I will clean the water bottles off the console table right I don't now. Know about that. I can see through that. <laughs> and I will show you because, yes, it delights me. I love that. Thanks right. so much. Thank you. So fun, right? You guys, I just love Michael Lynn. One of these days, I'm going to make it to Nest Fest, which she just had at her big farm last weekend. It looked amazing. If you didn't see it on social media, you should really go find some posts because it is beautiful and there were a ton of authors there. So one of these days, I'm going to make it to Nest Fest. But the second best thing is to at least be able to get your hands on her book, Cozy Minimalist Home. We have links in our show notes at boldturquoise.com forward slash 087 so you can find it and go over to Amazon and you can have it on your doorstep in two days, you guys. It released today. I am so excited. I will be showing my copy on Instagram stories. Make sure you're following me over there at Mackenzie Kappa. I love interacting with you guys on Instagram. It's my favorite place to be other than right here on this podcast. It's a little bit more interactive and that's really the only way that I know what you guys are thinking about the show is if you tell me and a lot of times you do on Instagram so thank you for all of you who follow me over there I love hanging out with you all right that's it for this week's episode until next week when I am back with the one and only Candace Cameron Bure yes you heard me right 
DJ Tanner is on the show next week talking about two of her new books. And you guys, we went pretty deep in this conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear next week's episode. So keep your ears to the ground for that to come out next Wednesday. It's going to be a really good one. Till then, go be bold and gracious. Oh, 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 oh